Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Our Golden Twenties podcast, where we talk all about life in your 20s. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tegan. Hey. And today, we're talking all about one of the biggest stressors in life, which is the financial stress. I feel like this hits in your 20s already, but it also is hitting really hard right now with, you know, coming out of a pandemic, a whole war happening, and, you know, everything's just all over the place where I feel everyone's really strapped for money. So it could be just a good gut check for me. I was saying to Tegan, it's a good pep talk for me to have heading into the summer where I just usually foolishly throw my credit card around. (laughs) But hopefully we can also provide some tips for saving money, not so much budgeting, but just, you know, things that we do in our lives to help you save a few bucks here and there. Yeah, well, and I feel like your 20s is the prime time to start worrying about money because it's when you get your first full-time job, you actually have money to spend, Mm. and you now are worried about, like you were saying, a potential recession, and like all you hear about on TikTok and Twitter and everywhere is how bad the financial situation is, and you're paying for rent and you just I feel like there's so much conflicting news about everything and it's a touchy subject yeah that's such a good point and I feel like money is also one of those topics that people don't really like to talk about because it is something very personal and people often get very opinionated about it people have opinions about how you should be spending your money even though it doesn't impact them at all like even you know, maybe your family or your closest friends, like you might have totally different views about money. So I feel like what we're going to talk about today is like just kind of hopefully more to like comfort you. Hopefully we can just, you know, provide some, I don't know, different ways to think about things. But this isn't like a, this is what to do with your money type episode. We don't want that. That's the last thing you need in your 20s. So this is just us chatting about money over a glass of wine or a hot coffee. (laughs) Yes, yes. In a fun way, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is, like I was saying, all you hear about, at least from my perspective, is how bad financials are. We're heading into a recession, freak out, when, like, honestly, that's not even true yet. Yeah. Like, remember that negative news gets more clicks, so don't panic. Yeah. And there was a study run at McGill University in Canada that found that people were drawn to negative news, even though they didn't think they were. And so, obviously, newspapers need more clicks because that gets more advertising. Mm-hmm. And so, they're going to use the negative news as that gets them more clicks, more advertising, more money, like it all makes sense. But I feel like you need to be reminded of that sometimes that of course, all you're seeing on Twitter is negative news because that's just the nature of what Twitter is nowadays. Mm. Things are not as bad as it may seem though. Unemployment in Canada is very low and high unemployment is one of the signs of a recession. So just Mm -hmm. remember, there's no need to be panicking, no need to be panic buying anything, because honestly, things are not as bad as they seem. 
Yeah. No, that's such a good point. I feel like especially over the past two years, it's one thing after another, like shortage on this. You know, we started with the toilet paper shortage. Okay, we get it. Now it's like, I was literally everything. I was reading an article a few weeks ago that was like, there's this disease in chicken, so now eggs are going to be extremely expensive. And then it's like, now there's a tampon shortage, like literally everything. And I'm like, I this is maybe an ignorant thing to say, but I don't believe any news that I read online. Yeah. <laughs> like anything that's like clickbaity like that, I'm like, I don't believe it until like it's a actual thing or like I start to see it with my own eyes or like, you know, I'm not going to get worked up about it from one headline. This is the other thing too, is like just reading headlines and not reading mm-hmm. actual articles. Like yeah. if I'm worried about something, I'll do my research on it. Otherwise I'm like, I'm not going to stress until like it's reoccurring. And like I said, it starts to like impact my day to day or, you know, whatever, then I'll go home and research it. But I feel like that's such a great place to start is like, let's just calm down and not believe everything we read online. Like, it's fine. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. Well, it's so important too to be like researching your sources. Like when I went to university, that was a big part of it. Or even when we were in school, we were taught like in elementary wikipedia is not a real source like take a look right. at where this news is coming from because if you see a headline that makes you think huh is that true look and if it's coming from a website that's called like a to z buzz.ca maybe that's not the best source yeah. of news <laughs> yeah and this is the other thing too like i have to sometimes check myself because I am one of those headline readers every now and then. But it's also like, if you're going to talk about this with your friends or family or like share what, oh, I saw this thing online today, like Mm -hmm. make sure you're actually doing the research and like providing the actual information, not just the Sparks Note headline version, because then it's like, then I don't know. You're like perpetuating lie. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're kind of like spreading this rumor almost kind of thing. So I don't know. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I feel like that's been a really awful side of social media mm-hmm. these days, like through the pandemic where we're all like so tapped in and like on screens all the time. Like it's out of control. That's why I'm like, I just don't believe anything. And if I'm ever curious about something, then I'll like source out information myself on it rather than just right. reading headlines as they pop up on my social media feeds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like too, even outside of like, you know, the recession, the economy, all these things that I can't speak to that well, it's already like prime money spending time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like, it's summer. You know what I mean? Like people are out and about, especially here in Toronto where like everyone's out and about, but here in Toronto, we had the longest lockdowns of life through the pandemic, like back to back lockdowns where we weren't able to do things. So now it's kind of like, you know, you have one friend texting you being like, hey, want to go to this concert? You're like, yes. You have another friend text you, hey, want to go for dinner tomorrow? Yes. Hey, do you want to do this? Yes. Like you say yes to everything because Mm -hmm. you're kind of like making up for the last two years of being home all the time. But that really adds up. And I find, you know, in my month of June where I was really focused on living and feeding my soul through new experiences and social plans, I was like, oh my God, I forgot how expensive things are when you say yes to everything. And like when you have a social life, when you have to start taking the bus again and like going out, Ubering, all these things. Plus also summer is a really great time to travel. So even if you're not staying 
you know, local and just having those expenses I was just talking about in terms of concerts, like maybe you're planning a big trip because you're taking summer vacation. Like Mm -hmm. it's just an expensive time of year. So if this whole talk about the recessions going over your head as much as it is already going over mine, I feel like, you know, it's already just an expensive time of year regardless, never mind prices rising and everything else going on in the world. Yeah, well, and we're in a completely different like era, I feel like, because before the pandemic, it was a lot cheaper to go out. And now it's like you pay more for Uber, for drinks. Like we're back to pre-drinking, which you thought you left behind. Not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I also saw this really interesting thing on TikTok where I had to watch it a few times to decide what I thought. But I think also just being in your 20s in general, especially if you, you know, just turned legal to drink in the pandemic and you're Mm -hmm. just getting that going out experience now, you know, like the TikTok, it went kind of viral. I don't know where this girl was from, but had like a couple million views. And she said, I'll get my money back, but I'll never be 25 again, living my best life in Bali. And it was over a montage of, you know, her living her best life in Bali. But the whole idea is like, Money will always come, but I'm not going to pass up this opportunity to live my best life somewhere foreign and whatever. And at first I was like, yes, girl, you're so right, you know. But then I was thinking about it. And then when we started planning this episode, I was like, I do agree with that. But I also don't agree with that in some ways where outside of living your best life in Bali, I feel you can apply this to your 20s, you know, where I'm all about figuring out who you are in your 20s. Like I think that's the decade to do it. And oftentimes that means doing new experiences, moving yourself across the world to figure out who you are and, you know, like trying all these new things, which often does come with some sort of price tag, even going out with your friends, you know, getting blackout drunk at a bar. Like those are just life experiences that make us who you are. So I totally understand spending your money, but I feel like you don't want to be signing yourself up for all these experiences or moving yourself halfway across the world if it's causing your future self a lot of financial debt. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to also like put that on your guys' radar if you're also like, I don't know if I should continue listening to this episode or not. But the more you start thinking about your finances at a younger age, I know it doesn't sound fun. You think you have time to just like you know, do whatever now and you'll figure it out later. But the one thing when it comes to money that I always, always think about for me myself, who is like a big spender, not Mm. the best with saving, is how easily debt can snowball. So if you decide, screw it, I'm going to move to Bali and I'm just going to put this on my credit card and everything's on my credit card while I'm there and I'll come home. Yeah, I'll come home in six months and pay it off then. Like it's so easy in your 20s to continuously do that. And all of a sudden you're, you know, in your 40s or 50s and you're paying off this debt that has now accumulated so much interest and it's now double what you initially spent on that Bali trip however many years ago. Like I think it's one of those things Yes, invest in the experiences. Yes, live your life to the fullest, mm-hmm. but also be mindful and intentional with the amount of ra- or amount of debt you're racking up in the process. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing that I find can be so dangerous is that I'll figure it out later because that credit card debt is mm-hmm. so high in interest that that's what's going to really mm-hmm. hinder your future, I think. 
Yeah. And I think outside of like the snowballing dollar signs is also the, I've seen firsthand from my own family, how much financial stress can mess up your mental health, you know, from anxiety to depression. And that only gets worse with the more debt you have, but it can like eventually ruin marriages. It can ruin friendships, you know, like money, like we were saying just a minute ago, money is one of those topics that like really can make or break certain aspects of your life. So I feel like just being mindful of it at a young age to hopefully prevent, you know, yourself from getting there in the future, like just something I wanted to throw into the beginning of this episode. (laughs) So the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is something we talk about a lot on the podcast, and it is setting up monthly payments. So both Sadie and I have auto Mm. monthly payments on our bank accounts. And so basically what that means is that at certain times of the month or every time you get your paycheck, money is automatically moved from one account to pay something off or moved Mm -hmm. from your paycheck into your RSP, TFSA, that kind of thing. And we talk about this all the time, but it takes the mental burden off of you. Like you're busy. So get Mm -hmm. the technology to work for you. Use your banking app, use the bank website and use it as your assistant so that it makes sure everything Mm -hmm. is paid on time. You don't have to spend the time and energy doing it. You're not forgetting and racking up interest. It's another great thing is if looking at your accounts makes you stressed or sad, this is a way to make sure that you're only checking your accounts when you need to, whether that's biweekly or monthly, instead of every single time you need to pay a bill. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like, too, it also just helps you prioritize that your money or not prioritize, sorry, it helps make sure your money is going towards your priorities rather than any other of those frivolous things that you were mentioning earlier, Tag. Like it's going to your bills. It's going to your savings. Like it's not being spent on an Uber Eats order that night or whatever. And that's why I started doing it. I found that was my key to paying off my student loans because otherwise I was finding somewhere else to spend that money and I didn't have that money. But if it just automatically went there, it didn't even give me a chance to spend it on other things. So definitely helps you prioritize. Yeah. And you're paying for these services, whether you're using them or not. So make it work for you. Yeah. I love the idea of like, make your technology work for you, you know, get that bank up. I don't know if all banks do this, but my bank has Like you can kind of set budgets for certain categories and then it tracks your spending. And we're not going to talk too much about budgeting in this episode because I personally don't have a budget. I've never been able to keep a budget. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's something that's quite personal to people and it's hard to give advice on without any other context of your life. But anyways, my bank kind of has been tracking my spending and categorizing it. And then it's like, this is typically how much you spend. This is how much like we recommend for our budget or whatever. So just looking at that and also setting up some notifications. So I have like a gut check throughout the month of how I'm doing on my spending. Like that's been really helpful. It was funny because 
before June, like I hadn't really been going out that much. So my bank was automatically calculating, you know, from while I was still at home all the time, setting my budgets that way. And then as soon as I was like in June, it was like, you're spending against your budget. Like I'm, you know, for certain categories, whatever, eating out was a big one. So then it's like, okay, maybe I need to go in and like adjust this. But now I'm getting notifications now that we're at the end of the month that are like aligned with the new kind of targets for those categories and whatever. Not targets. That's a bad way to put it. But caps, caps for those categories. But just those simple notifications, again, it's not you mentally having to add things up or you manually, you know, keeping a budget in your Excel document that you need to update once a week or once Mm -hmm. a month. It's technology working for you pinging you when you're, you know, maybe spending a little too much some days or whatever it is. So look into that too and have that technology also work for you. Yeah, I love that. So the next thing we wanted to talk about is just a little reminder to not make rash financial decisions, especially if it's based on stressing because you're seeing articles on Twitter or your gut feeling Like those aren't viable reasons to be making major financial decisions. So right now we are officially entering a bear market. So according to the Washington Post, this week, the S&P 500 index slid into a bear market, which is defined as a 20% drop from a recent high. The average duration of a bear market since 1950 is roughly 418 days. So what that means is that you're not going to see a major change in the market for quite a while, over a year probably, if we're looking at what history has taught us. So what does this mean for you? This means if you're a long-term investor, this is actually a good time to invest because historically, stocks recover well Mm. from a dip like this. So although it might be scary to see your stocks dip, remember the rule of stocks buy low, sell high. So spoiler alert, we're in the low part of that. And I understand how stressful and scary it is. Like me on a personal level, I've lost probably $2,000 at this point in the dip. And that's in my RRSP, TFSA, and my stocks. However, I'm a long-term investor. I wasn't planning to pull this money out in the next five or even 10 years. So you just have to weather the storm, even though it's scary, because you know how long it would take you to earn that money and to see it Mm -hmm. kind of spiraling away is scary. But just know if you're properly diversified, you should be okay. Yeah, especially when we're young and in our 20s. Like this is a great time if you're not currently investing or saving for retirement, anything like that. Like this could be a really great time for you to get into it because it is kind of you know, buying things when it is low. Yeah. But while you were talking to another thing that came to mind when we had Rennie on the podcast, she mentioned mm-hmm. the more you manually, the more like human involvement in your managing your money, that's yeah. when you start to miss out even more. So it's best if you're a long-term investor to just let it run its course. And over the years, you know, especially for in our twenties, like I was just saying, you'll make that money back and, you know, it'll, swing around again but the more like human involvement Mm -hmm. the more damage it actually does than good yeah definitely that's a really good point 
The other thing we wanted to talk about was trying to take some of the emotions out of your finances. Mm. And so this is just a reminder that having debt doesn't make you a bad person. Renting Mm. instead of owning a house doesn't make you irresponsible. Everyone is in a different financial situation. And these decisions are highly, highly personal. And it has nothing to do with Mm. you as a person or with your worth. Debt can be Mm -hmm. good and debt can be bad. And it's not as black and white, I think, as some people might think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I'm just going to plug our other episode where we had a different money guest on, Vanessa from Mintworthy. She talked all about money mindset. So if this is something you're like, hmm, I haven't thought too much about this, go give that episode a listen because I really love how she talked about it. Also, one of the YouTubers I watch, Bria Jones, she has a video on abundance mindset Mm -hmm. and I absolutely loved it. You know, she talked about how she didn't have any generational wealth and Mm -hmm. she was so focused on making influencing work for her because she wanted to start building that generational wealth. Right. And she really changed her mindset towards money through an abundance mindset. And now things are really starting to fall into place for her. Like Mm -hmm. her YouTube is blowing up, but she's huge on TikTok. Like she's killing it. Her husband just quit his job and now he's working for her. Like they are doing well. And I just love how she talked about it. She talks a lot about logging into your bank account, being scared of what you're going to see, you know, and changing that narrative. So definitely also go check out her video on YouTube. But I think that's exactly it, Tig. And even me growing up now and like having my own money, it's also being conscious of the stories you were kind of told as a kid about money from your family, from your parents, versus how you view money as yourself when you start making your own. And I think taking the emotion out of it Mm – helps it's hard but Mm -hmm. it kind of helps where it's just like well it's my money now so like I can do and view it however I want to view it and like I can do whatever I want to do with it and you know it just needs to work for you you know so I think that's a great place another great example of good debt is schooling like post-secondary education like I graduated with Not that much student debt compared to some people, but Mm -hmm. I had three years of student debt that I had to pay off. And like, that's a good debt because it educated me to get a job, you know, like that's another good example of that. I also think, sorry, just before we move off the emotion side, I think Mm -hmm. it's also easy to compare yourself when it comes to financial situations. So you brought up a great point tag about not owning a home because it's, you know, out of reach for you, but maybe your friends are starting to buy property or something like this. Like there's a lot of factors that come into play, but even people where you know how much they make, like I've kind of gotten into some weird situations like this where it's like, you make how much? Like my friends from small towns don't believe how much I make. And they're like, wow, that's insane. But I'm like, but it's all relative compared to the cost of living in Toronto. Like, you know, you can't compare even salaries if you're not like in the same industry, if you're not in the same town, like cost of living is very different everywhere you live. So take the emotion out of that as well. And like, you need to be practical with, I don't know, the cost of living in your area and like what's attainable for you versus comparing your life in the city to 
your friend who lives outside the city or whatever. Just one other big thing to keep in mind. Yeah, well, and everyone's like definition of success is different. So for some people, success is buying a house and having kids. Some people, it's traveling the world. And so it's so important not to compare how other people are using their money. Like I was out with a friend and we were talking about, surprise, (laughs) my Dyson Airwrap. And she was saying, I could never spend that much money on a blow dryer. But then she had just purchased Mm a $2,000 purse, which I was like, well, I could never spend $2,000 on a purse, right? But it's just, you know, both of us were responsible, saved up for it. That's not the moral of the story. It's just that we both had kind of different perspectives on what was important to us and how to spend our money. And so there are so many people that I see around wearing, you know, fancy clothes or Gucci sneakers or whatever it is. Mm. And it can be so easy to be jealous or not understand how they're able to afford it. But everyone's situation is different. Maybe they saved up for a long time. Maybe they're in debt. Who knows? And so you can't compare. The next thing I wanted to talk about which is so important Mm -hmm. with what's happening in the world right now is to try and pay off your debt ASAP. So if you don't know yet, interest rates are rising. So that means that the debt that you have is going to start costing you more and more. So the Washington Post suggests get a low interest personal loan or sign up for a balance transfer credit card. You can dig out of debt a lot faster if you transfer high interest debt to a credit card with 0% rate. Obviously, we're not here to give you like that kind of specific financial advice, but talk to your financial advisor at your bank and they will help you. That is what their job is. Another helpful tip that I wanted to bring up, which is actually something a coworker said to me is when the bank is offering you things like a line of credit or more space on your credit card, you should always, always take it. Because when you're in financial need, they will not be offering the same kind of things for you. And I like had never thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. Like I would have never accepted a line of credit because in my mind, why would I need it? But he's like, no, you should have it, even if you just keep zero dollars on it, just because if there is an emergency, mm-hmm. you will then have it there as backup. So that was just a tip yeah. I wanted to point out. Yeah, it is a good tip for me. I'm like, I'm borderline crazy. So it's like if I see money and I'm like, oh, like I'm somebody who will buy things and I think I have a plan to pay it off, but then oftentimes that plan doesn't like follow through or, you know, like I go about things differently. I don't know why, but I have the self-awareness to know if I had a line of credit and something popped up, I was like, oh, I'll just borrow that money. Yeah. It'll take me a lot more self-discipline than the average person to pay it back and like to not let it snowball. So I totally agree with you. I think it's good to have that like there and available for emergencies. But for me, I'm like, "Mm, no, I know myself a little bit better. But speaking of emergencies, I do think outside of a line of credit, it's also a great time to make sure you have an emergency fund of your own savings, you know, not a line of credit, but like an actual high interest saving account where you're contributing money to it every so often, maybe monthly, however often works for you. And it's that cushion where if you do happen to get laid off from your job or 
you know, an unexpected expense comes up, you have some money you can dip into without, you know, sacrificing anything else like in the day-to-day life that you live. So definitely a good reminder for that as well. Yeah, well, a lot of financial experts consider a recession an emergency. So if you're the kind of person who's like, okay, I'm losing my job, what do I do? That's the emergency that you're supposed to be saving up for. And so as much as it sucks to Mm -hmm. think about the negative of what happens if I lose my job, what happens if gas gets more expensive, you do have to think about it and come up with a plan and start saving for it because you never know what the world's going to look like. Awesome. I had some lifestyle hacks, what I'm calling lifestyle hacks. They're just basically tips on ways to save money. And this is kind of what I was talking about where it's like, some of these things might be a bigger lifestyle change than others. Others are just kind of, you know, small tweaks you can make. But I find for me personally, like, I don't know, like it is kind of tight over here. Like I live on my own in the city. I have, we were just talking about my shopping problem. Like I have a huge tendency to, I need to buy the latest trends. I need to be, you know, wearing nice clothes. I need to shop from specific retailers. I need to go for dinner. I love to host. Like how do I do it all? And I feel like some of these hacks that I'm going to share with you are, Things that I haven't really thought about, they just became normal, but I do think it's how I managed to like cut some spending in some areas of my life. And the first one, I just said I love to go out for dinner, but I probably make 95% of my meals at home. And I was raised this way. Like my mom was like, we don't have time or we don't have money to go out every night and like feed a family of five, like at restaurants. So my mom made all of our meals at home. And I was just raised doing the exact same thing. So I want to say, yes, groceries are expensive, but eating out or getting Uber Eats every night is way more expensive. Like when you go to the grocery store, you're really only paying for the food and the items you're buying. When you're, you know, going out or you're getting something delivered, you're paying for a lot more service fees, like delivery fees, even tips, those sorts of things that you don't need to pay for it when it's just your groceries. So there's way more value too in what you're buying from the grocery store where it really is saving money even though groceries are also really expensive right now. So just to put this in perspective, I took $100 just like as a rough, I don't know, grocery allowance for the week. But this is an example where say you spend $100 a week on groceries. You might be thinking, wow, that's a lot. But When you break it down to three meals a day, seven days a week, you're only paying $5 a meal. And there's no way you can go to a restaurant or even order something on Uber Eats for only $5. So it just goes to show how much you can save and the value in it. Also, while I'm talking about meals, a big thing too that this is where I like, I spend a lot on groceries. So I'm not, I don't know, like, But again, it goes back to the priorities. Food is important to me. You know, having all these fancy drinks in my fridge, it's important to me. But making a grocery list is a really great way to also make sure if you are shopping at the grocery store, you're keeping yourself in check. It's the days I go with my grocery list and I buy just the things on it. I'm like, wow, that wasn't as much as I thought it was. But the days where I go and I'm adding things to the cart where I'm like, oh, it's really hot outside. I think I'll add some ice cream. Oh, I think I ran out of 
sparkling water. I better get some more, oh, iced coffee. Like, you know, I just start adding these things. I don't have that many things, but I get to the cash and I'm like, holy shit, this is way more than I thought it was going to be. So I think having a list, sticking to it, it helps you hold yourself accountable to not overspending and like just buying what you need. So you're preventing, you know, waste, wasting food, but also that equals wasting money too. So something to throw out there. And also once you start kind of creating a list, paying attention to how much things cost as you buy them, it also helps you figure out what is that weekly allowance for groceries or like what, how does this work into my overall budget and living expenses? Because you're actually paying attention to how much things cost rather than at a restaurant where you're like, eh, I'm going to eat the pasta regardless of how much it costs or, <laughs> you know, so that's my rant about how eating at home is cheaper than eating out, but it's a big one. Yeah. Another thing that I find makes a big difference, especially now that gas is so expensive, is taking transit or biking instead of driving your car or even like taking transit compared to Ubers. Like I've already talked about how the price has gone up so much since before the pandemic and taking the TTC, mm. it's like however much it is, 350 or whatever. And so that's like a $7 trip there and back. It's just so much more affordable. Yeah, I know. I So this is bad. Like I don't have my driver's license at all, which I know is a bad thing at 26 years old. Like, okay, girl, you should probably know how to drive for those emergencies we were just talking about. But anyways, I think not having a car is the biggest way I've saved money. Like I do not have insurance. I do not have car payments and I don't pay for gas. I I used to pay for a monthly bus pass, which was expensive, but not near as expensive as a car upkeep. And now that I don't have the daily commute, I just load, you know, 20 to 50 bucks on my Presto card and away we go. And then we reload. But I think the biggest thing between me and my friends who own a car is my friend always who have a car, as soon as they get their car, they stop taking transit. And it's because a car is so much more convenient. And I get it. But for me, it's like having the mindset of taking transit or driving is you're really doing an exchange between time and money. For me, I'm saving money by taking the bus or taking the subway, taking transit, where my friends, they're saving time by driving. So I think if saving money is something you want to do, you might have to, you know, invest a little bit more time or like something's got to give for you to save that money. And it probably is your time, but it's not the end of the world. So what if it takes you half an hour to get to where you want to go rather than 10 minutes, like budget differently, budget your time, but you can definitely find some savings. I think this kind of both of those points about the whole eating out, the transit kind of take us to our next point, which is all about your social life. And I was just talking about how much I love my social life mm -hmm. and how I love to go out. I think Toronto is one of those cities where the thing you do when you want to see your friends is you go for dinner and drinks. Like yeah. that's the social part of Toronto, but it gets so expensive when you're doing that with multiple friends or multiple times a week. So finding free or cheaper things to do in your social life could be a really great way for you to save money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is kind of your typical things like going for a hike or like finding a neighborhood and walking around a neighborhood, like doing an activity 
versus going for dinner and drinks. That's obviously like a no-brainer. But I think even finding ways to get creative with those social, like, dinner plans or whatever, if it's, you know – hosting a potluck where everybody brings a different food item or having a picnic in the park or if you're wanting to go out and do something, I think looking into things like museums or big Mm. attractions in your city, if you live in a big city, there's probably one night a week or one night a month where they have free admission or discounted rates. So, you know, Doing the research, again, you have to invest more time into it to figure out when all this happens, but Mm -hmm. you get to save money in the long run. So something I wanted to throw out there. I think through the summer months, also going to the beach is a great option, hitting up flea markets or going thrifting. Like, I think that's kind of the vibe I want this summer, not just going for dinner drinks, going for a bougie brunch. Like, there's other things to do. Yeah, well, there's so much free live music going on, like so many bars that will have bands that are, you know, free, no Mm. cover. So if you're jealous of your friends who are going to like all the great big concerts that are happening, that's a really good option. Yeah. And like maybe you eat dinner at home and grab a drink at the bar. Like you don't need to do it all out. Yeah. And I find this kind of interesting too. Like for me, I don't ever want to say to my friends, I don't want to go for dinner because I'm trying to save money. I don't want to grab drinks tonight because money's tight this month. Like, you know, you never really say it that way. But the thing is, I think that shame is all kind of in our heads because Mm -hmm. the reality is, especially these days, but in your 20s in general, I think everybody's down to save money. You know what I mean? Where if you say to your friend, let's just go for drinks, not for dinner, they're probably going to be like, yes, girl, you know what? You're right. You're keeping me in check here. Like I also don't have the money to spend. Like everyone's down to save money. So take the shame out of it. Remove that emotion because I don't know, just because you're looking to save money doesn't mean you're like, I don't know, cheaping out from like your friendships or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and if your friends react in a bad way, that's like a red flag because yeah, like why would they care? Yeah. The last one I have on here is talking to my shopaholic friends who I hope you're out there. Well, I hope, but I also don't hope (laughs) you're out there listening. But this has been a big game changer for me. I was just talking about how much I, you know, love to have the latest trends or like I want my wardrobe to be relevant and like new and whatever. A big piece of that is that I get so many emails from all the different stores that I shop at and I get them daily, some of them multiple times a day. Like Abercrombie, I'm looking at you. Every time they email me 25% off, I'm like, "Mm, okay, I better just look, see what I can find. But then that happens maybe multiple times a week, maybe multiple times a month. And it's like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Like I work in marketing. I know how this works. I know that these are like, this is what they want you to do. But if you're being tempted or you can't get your shopping under control and you find these emails are your trigger like they are for me, it's so easy. Unsubscribe from those emails. (laughs) I feel like there might be a sense of FOMO, but it's like if when you need to shop, you're going to go to that website or to the store anyway. And if they happen to have a sale on, you can shop it. But you do not need daily reminders or like daily notifications that new arrivals just dropped, 25% off today, 40% off tomorrow. Like 
no, especially if you're looking to save money, unsubscribe from those emails. Don't even let them tempt you. Don't let them pull that trigger. Take matter into your own hands. (laughs) I think the biggest thing from all of that, like I was just thinking actually, the whole trading time for money is a big thing. I feel through all of those, like even unsubscribing from emails, like I think that's like a life hack regardless if you're talking about it from a money sense or just like mental space, like decluttering your life sense. That takes you like five minutes to do. I know people put it off because of that, but a few years ago I came up with this mantra that I'm pretty sure I mentioned every money episode we've had, but it really helped me is the mantra is there's enough time and money to do it all. And I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with that abundance mindset that I was talking about earlier, but just believing that and like, you know, knowing you'll figure it out, knowing, you know, there is enough time and money to do it all without being like we were talking about burdening your future self. Like, I don't know, that mantra's always stuck in my head ever since I came up with it a few years ago, my year of money, whenever that was, like 2018 or whatever. But it really helps me because it's like, maybe I don't do this, but I'll do that instead. Or like, maybe I don't do it today, but I'll do it next month or whatever. Like, there's enough time and money to do it all. You just need to sometimes, I don't know, roll with the punches, but eventually it'll all happen exactly as it's meant to. Yeah. Well, I love that. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a good place to maybe end this episode. Hopefully you listening got to, you know, relax, feel a little better about the state of the world. (laughs) I thought you were gonna be like, I hope you feel better about the state of Wall Street. I thought that's what you were gonna say or something. (laughs) I was like, but you said world. And I was like, okay, for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason, I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about Wall Street. I don't know what the state of it is, but yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. We put out a new episode every single Tuesday, so make sure you're following us and you're subscribed to us so you see when those episodes drop. In between that, you can follow us on social media. We're at our Golden Twenties on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Pinterest, TikTok, And we also have a Patreon page, which is the best way to show your support for the podcast. And we drop the episodes early there and we have additional content. And we're putting out a desktop background for the month of July. So definitely check it out. Yeah. We have a meal planner. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of goodies up there. Yeah. Well, and thanks to all of our current patrons who consume this content, give us likes and comments. We love that. Yeah. Don't go into debt over it. No. I mean, yeah, if it's $2 is the difference between you and debt, then save your toonie, save up, and subscribe in the future. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you so much for listening this Mm -hmm. and every week. We appreciate it. See you next Tuesday.